My people, welcome back. You're listening to Rooted Souls. Today I have with me Jeannie Scott to talk about what it feels like to be an introvert in an extrovert world and ways to get along so that you can feel thriving as yourself and not really fitting into society, but just being you in society in the most impactful way. Jeannie is an actor and certified empowerment coach. She helps introverted and empathic people who are exhausted leading and being, you know, trying to be extroverted in the world and helps those kind of people find lasting confidence and the happiness, joy, and energetic freedom that they've always craved, but might not have been sure how to get. She used embodiment tools and somatic healing to change her own life. And now she helps others do the same with those practices. And I'm excited to talk to her today because she is an actress, but also a coach. And as we've all been in this global pandemic, I think people have shifted and changed the way that they feel oriented toward the world and toward others. So I'm curious first, Jeannie, are you an introvert? And, and if so, how did you figure that out? And how does that impact the way you coach and are a leader in your own, in your own life? Well, thank you for having me. Um, I believe I am an introvert. Yeah. And it was quite a recent discovery. I think, I think a lot of people come into the world. If you don't automatically feel like an introvert, The default is to believe that you are an extrovert and especially considering the the choices that I have made in my life in terms of my career, I'm an actress and a coach, the obvious conclusion is then not that I am an introvert. Um, But like you said, I think I discovered during the lockdown, I noticed certain patterns about the way that I was living and kind of operating in the world and operating in my um, sphere as an actress. And I kind of discovered certain traits about myself that led me to the conclusion that I was an introvert. And actually, I only fully started to embody that and accept that about myself, because I think for a long time, I was pushing against it. I only really accepted that about myself really this year. And have started to kind of, I've built that into my coaching and I've built it into my my life um, and fully accepted it and started embracing all the gifts that comes along with being an introvert. I noticed I have changed over the years myself. I used to identify as an extrovert. So for those who don't know, introvert is defined as somebody who gains recharge, who feels energy from did I say introvert (laughs) from being alone? So recharging after being in social gatherings and really finding replenishment through solo time. And then extroverts are defined as, as gaining that energy and replenishment while being with others in connection with others. And then there's a third ambivert, which is a mixture of the two. And I think of this similarly to attachment styles it's not solid, it's fluid. And it also depends on trauma and upbringing and life circumstances and um, life stages and who you are interacting with. I've seen memes over the years that say um, something about, you know, before you consider yourself depressed, you know, analyze if your assholes are all around you, that sort of thing. (laughs) 
Um, but I always identified as an extrovert because I'm very bubbly and eccentric and vocal and I love to gather with people. But over the last decade or so, I've really recognized how much I need alone time to replenish. And I can't help but think everybody does. You know, there needs mm -hmm. to be a balance of external stimuli and internal processing. Um, but I'm just curious what your thoughts are around those definitions and what you see kind of emerge in your group as at your work as you um, witness and support other people to navigate these kinds of challenges. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with those definitions. And I think it's a scale, you know, it's a sliding scale. Um, and I think for a long time, you know, maybe maybe I lie in between being an ambivert and an, an introvert, maybe um, similarly to you, I'm quite, um, I'm quite bubbly. And um, I enjoy talking to people. I'm not very good in big groups, but I think there's a common misconception that somebody who is an introvert is shy. And though that can be true, not all introverts are shy and not all shy people are introverts. Um, and I think the, the main work that I do with my clients and, and the kind of the journey that we go on is about realizing um, your full self as an introvert, because I think the the society that we live in caters much more to extroverts and um the, like I said I think the the default is extrovert mm -hmm. and so if you are an introvert you are considered um shy or antisocial or um a bit weird and so um I think a lot uh, definitely a lot of the people that I work with they are coming into their life and they're coming into their careers sort of um putting on a mask of an extrovert and feeling like in order to show up in a certain way it has to be in the way of the extrovert and then as a result they're really you know burning themselves out and that's exactly what happened to me I, it was a huge realization that I came to this year when I hit burnout was that I was trying to operate in two very extroverted spaces, the online space as a coach and um, as an actor, I was trying to operate in the same way that I saw a lot of other people doing it. And it was absolutely exhausting. Um, and I realized that this kind of discomfort that I felt in big groups wasn't necessarily social. Well, maybe it was slightly social anxiety, but more from the space of being an introvert, having feeling much more confident one-to-one -one. and so to to sorry to go back to your question the the work that I do with my clients is taking them on this realization of the specific gifts that they already have as an introvert rather than kind of having to hope that that they can pretend their way out of being an introvert and put on a an extroverted mask I think we do very different, but similar work in the essence that I help people know themselves more deeply. Mm -hmm. And I think in both of our work, what we're kind of tapping into is that when we're incongruent in our actions and lifestyle with who we really are, we face burnout. So helping people and using different tools, helping people get into congruence. And what's mm -hmm. so unique about you is you come from, you know, the, the actor's world, the actress world. So really performing and being, you know, with all eyes on you is a very different experience 
um, as moving through life off stage, or, you know, they say all life is a stage, but you know what I mean? So, um, I know that a lot of your clients are actresses and actors, um, who identify as introverts. And I thought that was so fascinating because I immediately assumed all actors are extroverts, but I think you just touched on that a bit is that it doesn't mean you're shy. Um, if you're, you're an introvert and you can be an extrovert and be shy. And I, I actually, over the years have identified as a shy person and people, you know, don't understand how that's possible because I go out and I make conversation, but with the example you had of being in a room, um, or speaking one-on-one, I think if you're not congruent with those people, it feels uncomfortable. It feels like you're shy when you're fully embraced for who you are, you can step out of your shell. You know, they say when you're truly loved, you can heal when you're truly loved, you can blossom. And I think, you know, whether it's strangers watch you on a stage or if it's at a networking event, talking to strangers can be unnerving because you might not be able to tap into yet or know yet, am I congruent with this person? And that can be nerve wracking. Absolutely. And I, I mean, authenticity is just so fundamental um, to the way that we are, to the way that we interact with people. It's so fundamental because um, a lot, something that I heard a lot when I was an actor was fake it till you make it. Mm -hmm. And I just don't believe that that is right or true because people can tell people, you know, however good an actor you are, (laughs) whatever, you know, whatever job it is that you do, energetically, you can feel when somebody is being inauthentic. Yeah. And um, if if you are not in your authenticity, then you're not standing in your power. You're not standing in the most, um, yeah, you're not standing in your power. So you can't be the most confident version of you. So you can't show up and, and kind of do the work that it is that you want to do. And in so many situations, I found myself um, in like group auditions with lots and lots of people. And I tell myself as an actor, you are so being judged on the fact that you are not talking to anybody else in this room Mm. or that, you know, you're not kind of being as big and vibrant as 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 you should be. And um, I, I couldn't lie to myself about how comfortable I felt and so I felt like, you know, a lot of times it it, it was held against me, which is really sad. Um, and I, I, because I didn't feel like I could show up as myself because I felt so uncomfortable, I was actually holding myself back. Um, yeah. I just think about when I have seen actors or actresses on television that like it's just terrible acting right terrible acting I'm like why is that like what sets them apart and I'm like oh because they're faking it and I've never really acted and I've thought about if I would be good at it and I know there's more than just acting there's all the hoo-ha in the background which I don't think I'm cut out for but <laughs> just deeply feeling is something I can't stop so okay I have a script and you're telling me what this person is supposed to feel. I could just jump right in. So when I'm watching people on TV who look, you know, like bad acting, it's because there's no feeling. It's just like surface performativeness. And there's no, you can't tell if there's a connection between the person and what they're supposed to be feeling or exuding. That's the only, you know, I've like thought about this deeply because I, it's, it's hard to put my finger on like, why is this actor look bad? And why is this actor not look good? you know, in terms of their ability and, and what sets them apart. Absolutely. And I I 
I've spoken about this before that I believe that true talent is energy. It's just, it's something that you can't put your, your finger on. Somebody just has it. And I think so much of that has to do with feeling really comfortable in who you are. And you, in order to, I believe in order to, to play a character really well, you have to be tapping into your own sense of self, but it, in the character set of circumstances. So you have to really, really know yourself. And like you said, be able to tap into that that raw energy and that raw um that raw feeling. Um so it it really does come down to to first off being supremely comfortable in who you are. And obviously that's not easy at mm. all. It really isn't. And it's a journey as well. And so I it's why I guess you can see people going on you know starting out maybe in their first films or, or the work that they do and you're like oh and then you see them later on and you're like oh yeah they've just blossomed into such an, an incredible actor and I honestly think that it's down to energy and down to them really kind of connecting with themselves and feeling really comfortable in exploring themselves mm, what a metaphor yeah so where do you start with your clients how do you feel like is the gateway in to actually do the work to create the shift to know yourself I think first it's about getting rid of all that programming that we have around what we should be doing how we should be living um how you should be showing up all of the shoulds and the uh, yeah all of all of that stuff that has been kind of building up over time and 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 building us into this idea of this person that we should be rather than just being ourselves um and really kind of tapping into uh and getting really vulnerable about what all that that true stuff really means um and um a lot of self-discovery I think as well it's it's not it's it's unlearning a lot of things and rediscovering a lot of things about yourself that maybe you've been too ashamed or scared of fully embracing on movie sets or in productions is there a level of intimacy that's built between the characters or are they kind of thrown into these situations as strangers and having to really navigate personal boundaries and like stepping into these characters without actually knowing the other person how does that work I think it really depends on the the production that you're working on um and how much money there is um and how much time there is to do a lot of kind of exploration I think sometimes you can turn up and it's just like let's just run the scene a couple of times and then we'll we'll start filming um and then other times I think that you know there can be um quite a lot of time and space made for your own exploration of the character and exploration of characters um together um but I think it, it it definitely depends on how much time you have. And I guess also I think a lot of it depends on the kind of director that you have um, and the kind of, um, yeah, the kind of director and the kind of assistant director. Because if you've got a director who maybe comes much more from a filming background and who comes much more kind of from a photography background, 
there may not be so much emphasis placed on kind of going into character and that kind of thing. Um, but if you're working with a director who's maybe a lot more used to working with actors and working um, kind of in the room, in the rehearsal room, then you might, then that might be more of a focus um, for that director. Um, but yeah, it's so, it's, it's very weird because it really depends on, on every every project could be different well it does it just feels like such a microcosm of the world because mm. if every human being could know themselves deeply beyond the conditioning and be able to access that and take care of oneself everyone would be having healthy boundaries and walking around and it would be in a very different world so it really is about when people do seek out this kind of support, they want to, they may or may not realize that's the case, but they want to know themselves more deeply. They want to feel more comfortable. They're in pain. They want a change. And you and I have talked about what those changes can look like in terms of, you know, functioning from a place that doesn't get you to burn out and with the way you coined the term taking off the mask. So what are some patterns that you see in people who haven't started the work and then how do you see people showing up differently once they have started to do the sorts of things that I'd love you to also chat about that you do in your practice so I think the main thing is um when especially if you if we're talking specifically about working with actors the main thing that I have noticed is people um relying on that outward validation for people who haven't kind of who don't fully know themselves and haven't ha taken the time to to create boundaries for themselves and um to 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 feel really comfortable with themselves there's the trap that you can fall into where you are constantly seeking that outward validation and for an actor who is used to people praising them at, literally at the end of you know at the end of a show you get a clap it can be something that is is really driving and the issue comes when that 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 um audience stops clapping and you're in between projects and you're suddenly not getting that validation or you're working with people who aren't constantly saying yeah that was really great or that was really brilliant you are searching for that and that has been what is driving you up until now and then suddenly you're not getting it anymore it can be like a gut punch and it can i i generally i think it's why a lot of actors kind of stop very and content creators and content creators oh my it's god so applicable absolutely yeah you're looking at how many likes you've got you're looking at how many shares you've got you're looking at how many followers followers you have it's it and it's so draining and it's really not helpful and it's not a sustainable way of building a career for yourself or building a life for yourself and I so understand how that feels because that was me for so long and I didn't understand why people why I just can you know people just didn't want to work with me and I didn't understand why I wasn't constantly be to being told how great I was and that's not because I wasn't great and it's not because people didn't want to work with me it's because you just can't you can't rely on it all the time and if that is your main driving force then that is going to push you to to saying yes to every single thing that you can possibly say yes to it's going to it's going to lead you to literally taking down all of your boundaries so and and throwing yourself at the world and throwing yourself at people 
and then wondering why you're, you know, you're burnt out or you're getting used by certain people. And especially if you are a deeply feeling person and you're highly sensitive, which a lot of actors are, which you are, which I am, it's, it hurts. It's like you're an open wound Mm. and it can be, it can be really sad. And, and I think that is, is the main thing. It's, it's searching for that outward validation all the time because the only constant for yourself if you're a content creator if you're an actor if you're a coach if you are anybody the only constant is yourself you have to be able to provide that validation for yourself in between the times yeah it's great if another person says I really like your work or they want to work with you or they think you're great and you get a huge round of applause and a standing ovation that's great but that cannot be your driving force because that will stop sometimes and you have to be able to live through that stop. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't remember. No, no, that was so beautifully said. And I think that can apply to people who are single and dating. It can apply Mm. to people who are on social media, creating reels or, you know, written content. It can apply to people who are writers and trying to publish books. It can apply to podcasts, (laughs) recorders, actors, actresses. It's just, I can't think of anybody it doesn't apply to. And I love the way you articulated it. It was really artful. Thank you. Mm. Um, I don't actually remember the second part of your question. What work you do in, in your sessions with clients that brings them from that to fully embodied, self-loving, healthy boundaries. And the other part of the question was what patterns do you see in people when they're not there? And I think you just covered some of them. And then what patterns do you see in a person who is fully knowing themselves. And of course it's a lifelong journey. We don't always fully know ourselves, but somebody who is able to um, be that center for themselves throughout the storms of life. Oh, it sounds so cheesy, but you know what I mean? <laughs> no, that's really nice. I love that. Be their center throughout the storms of life. Um, I love that so much. And being able to dance in the rain during the storm as well, I mm. think. Um, so I guess the, the, patterns that I see before are things like just saying yes to people all the time people pleasing having really wishy-washy boundaries um kind of um over over um over giving in so many different situations and then I guess afterwards what really I see from the people that I work with is that they're really in tune with themselves and that inner voice. They're really in tune with their intuition um, because they're no longer constantly searching outside for the answer and they realize that actually the answer is the answer is always within us. And maybe it's not necessarily the answer that you want to hear, but it's it the, the answer is there. And if you take time just to listen to it, to be quiet for a bit, it will it will speak to you. And it's about um, creating creating the life on your terms rather than creating a life that you think is what you should be doing or that you see, you know, every Tom, Dick and Harry doing on the other side of the fence. It's being really comfortable in your own choices and um, being able to... Uh, trust in your own choices even even when other people are saying oh is that the right thing or even when other people are projecting their fear on you being able to say no this is this is what's right this is and even if it's not right 
I'm going to learn something from this. I trust in myself. Um, so it's that it's that deep, really deep trust in yourself. Um, and when you hear when you hear lots of kind of uh, famous actors in interviews and stuff, they'll if they're asked, you know, what what's the one piece of advice you'd give to a new actor? They'd always say, "You have to believe in yourself 100." percent and when I didn't believe in myself, I hated that answer. I was like, that's so dumb. I'm not always going to believe in myself. I need other people to believe in me. That's how I get a job. Yeah, you do. You do need other people to believe in you. But you cannot you cannot expect anyone else to do the work for you. You have to do it yourself. You can't. You um, there was this metaphor that we were given at drum school, which was basically walking. Imagine you're walking into an audition with the amount of money in a bag that you are going to make on that job if you get the job and you are handing over that money to people. You have to if you don't trust the fact that you can hold on to that money and and keep it safe, then how can you trust anybody else to hold on to 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 believe that you can do that? So it's really about having a really deep-seated trust in yourself and a, and also a a sense of, of curiosity. I think I, I find that a lot with the people that I have worked with that afterwards, they have a really deep sense of curiosity in themselves and in the world. And it's so beautiful because it can just open you up to so much more experience than you would have even thought at the beginning of the time we were working together that just rather than judgment, you're coming at things from a place of curiosity. Both of those parts that I'm hearing you speak of both have to do with emotional maturity. So holding ourselves in loving regard is true self-love. You know, people come to me often because they want to learn self-love and they think, you know, do I, how do I take a bath or how often should I get a massage or, you know, these ideas of what self-love should look like, but it really is holding oneself in loving regard. Even when we make mistakes, even when we might not put our best foot forward and people are seeing us at our worst, still loving ourselves, still having respect for ourselves, still trusting ourselves that we're a growing human being and we're gonna not always do things perfectly and then the other piece around curiosity is really true spirituality. It's an, an emotional maturity of recognizing impermanence and knowing that we don't always have all the information. So we can't make assumptions about others and what they're thinking. We can't make assumptions about how things are going to turn out. So with that self-trust and awareness of how the world works, um, moving through life, knowing that we're centered in ourselves. And we can't, you know, make up stories about how other people are perceiving us and getting lost in the narrative that they're judging us. But what do I see? What do I know? And I'm going to make the best choice day by day for me. And that doesn't look like, you know, always choosing what's most fun. It's making choices that we know are good for us that are going to help us maintain whatever it is that we're working toward. Um, and that we're going to know that the external result doesn't impact the level of worth we have for ourselves. Absolutely agreed. Absolutely. So do you want to give our listeners any kind of somatic tools or tricks um, that they can try at home um, to kind of start nurturing that inner trust and inner love 
that they can start to see some shifts and changes in their external reality? Yeah, absolutely. I'd say that the main thing is to just start um, tapping into that inner voice and that intuition. And that can be a really um, hard thing to do if for a long time you've been driven by the external and driven by kind of um, you've been reacting rather than just acting in in your life um and I'd say one of the easiest and kind of um most obvious ways of of tapping into this voice because it speaks very quietly but it's incredibly profound um is to create creating space and creating silence for yourself and I know that that is often not the answer that people want to hear they're like, oh, I don't want to be told to meditate again by everybody. But there's a reason that so many people are telling you to do it. Um, even if you don't necessarily like listening to meditation or anything like that, just creating a space for real true stillness that doesn't involve you watching something, listening to a podcast, um, even I, I guess even going for a walk because there can be something incredibly stimulating about going for a walk and experiencing nature. It's about gifting yourself because it is a real gift. Even if maybe at the beginning it might feel uncomfortable to give yourself that and it to hear what's going on and to actually start listening to what's going on, it can feel uncomfortable at the beginning. But after a while, you realize that it is a true gift to be able to give yourself 10 minutes of your day that is literally just for you to listen to you and nothing else. And in it's in that stillness and in that silence that that voice will start speaking to you. And it may take a while. But even just putting on a timer on your phone um, and maybe changing it from a timer that's like, because sometimes when the alarm goes off, it can be a bit like arresting. Um, mm -hmm. It's about, yeah, finding that time for stillness. And actually, if you're an introvert, you're probably quite good at this. Um, maybe you haven't necessarily, you're probably quite good at like reading or just listening to something or being on your own. But actually going that one step further and being alone with your thoughts and being alone with your stillness and kind of even just in that moment, giving yourself a body scan, like a an imaginary body scan, scanning from the top of your head all the way down to your feet and just noticing how you feel without judging it, without um, changing anything or telling yourself that you should be doing this or you should be doing that. Just allow yourself five to 10 minutes of just stillness in yourself. And that is when that voice will really start speaking to you. Mm. Amen. And, you know, it can be triggering, especially if you have PTSD or you have high levels of anxiety to sit mm -hmm. still for that long. Um, so it does take steps. And, you know, that's why they're coaches like Jeannie and myself to really hold your hand and be, a you know, a supportive uh, role in your journey. Um, so if you're not able to sit still for 10 minutes, um, don't think you're broken, something's wrong or that it won't change. It can change. And there's lots of tools out there. Um, I'm going to link all of Jeannie's, uh, contact information in the show notes, um, follow her on social media, reach out to her, check out her free, um, 
guide online drained and daring for huge energy leaks, keeping you in survival mode and how to fix them. And, um, Jeannie, I'm just so grateful, um, to you to share your experience. I don't know many actresses, so it's really interesting to hear what goes on behind the scenes and talk to other coaches who, um, recognize the importance of knowing thyself and, um, sharing with us the ways that you support people to find self-trust. So thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such an honor. All right. Until next time. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Thank you for listening and becoming part of this community. If you love this episode, I invite you to subscribe, share with someone you think would appreciate it, or leave a review. This helps me to learn what resonates with you so I can deliver more of what you want and reach more people who can benefit from this content. If you want to reach me, please feel free to reach out on my website, www.beccaspirit.com. I would love to hear from you, get any feedback, and know what's on your mind. Until next time, take great care.